afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon, Holly. How are you? I am on this well. day. I am well on this day. <laughs> on this, not this fine day, just this day. Just this day. It's January. It's dark. Still out. January. This is now. An, uh, uh, this episode will go out in February. Yeah, but we're still in January. I'm afraid. And February is the month of Holly's birthday. And Valentine's Day. But nobody cares about that. No, what else happens in Feb? Just my birthday. The whole month is about me. Okay, birthday month. It's birthday month. Which is fair enough. And we're a witch murderer. We are a witch murderer. We are a witch murderer. And we're still here talking about murder. Would you believe? I do believe. What is new? Have you made any 2024 travel plans yet? Oh, yeah. Have you got it all mapped out already? Oh, yeah. Have you got it all booked? Yeah. What? For the full year? Yeah. Oh, my God. So tell, wait, wait, so you go away in February for your birthday. Yeah, so we're going to Germany in February. We're going to Greece. Where are you going in Germany? Uh, We are going to Berlin. Mm, Have you been before? No. It's very nice. Very beautiful. We try to do a different German city every year. I've heard very good things about Cologne. Okay. That's my next one, I think. I think we've decided to do city breaks at the end of the year. Maybe perhaps as as something to do for our birthdays, because our birthdays are both at the end of the year. Yes, they are. So I think Cologne is going to be up there. Nice. The Berlin is lovely. You will very much like it. Yeah, I think we'll like it. We we do really like going away. And then you've got, did you see what in May? We've got great Greece. Greece. Lovely. Is that Greek Crete? Corfu? Corfu. Excellent. Going back to Corfu. And then I've got some stuff booked throughout the year. I have camping booked. I've got, we're going Excellent. to Sky. Um, yeah, good. little things it's good here to have there. things. It's good to have things in the pipeline, isn't it? It is. Good to have things to look forward to. Which yeah. Which I always find gets you out of bed in the morning and gives you a wee spring in your step. Yes. And we have not discussed my chiropractor of late. Now, <gasps> I have a story. News. Oh, what? Did you book I've emailed one? one. Have you? I've emailed one. They've emailed me oh, back. It's progress. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> there is one down the hill. Okay, you need to go. So they've I've emailed them because my back pain is ridiculous now. Yeah. And um, they've emailed me back. Good. Which is good with information. So, and I've told them I'm, I'm a bit sceptical. Yeah. Shall I say it? And I've told them, I've been told my pelvis is unaligned. And they said, look, you know, it's fairly common. Don't yeah. worry. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've good for said... You. This is the days the clinic's on, so I've just to make the final step. Okay, you can do it. You can I can do, do it. it. So, I, I hopefully my chiropractor doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't know if he does, but if he does, oh, hi. I'm um, interested in this then. <laughs> awkward. This is going to be awkward. I might not book you again. I was at a ornament making session with my friends mm-hmm. at one of my friends' houses before Christmas, and it came out that because my I was referred to this person, this chiropractor, through a friend. Okay. And how many times have you seen them and how often? Oh, lots. Okay. So you go like once a month or something? Oh, no. Every week. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. I haven't been in the last few weeks just because, you know, I've been sick and holiday season and yeah. work has been a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. But so we're, we just got to chatting and they're like, oh, is it this person X? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, didn't he hook up with so-and-so? And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, we ran into him on New Year's Eve once. And he oh. hooked up. He's hooked up with a mutual friend. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I, I don't know how to feel about this. Oh, no, that's a bit weird. It is a bit weird. But it's weirder that I know that he and he doesn't know that I know. And so I'm like, I don't know. I just feel really awkward about going back. And I'm like, I know. I know things now that about is... you that I didn't want to know. I like to keep people at a distance. Yeah, that's oh. that's. Yeah. It's a bit that, weird. Yeah, that puts a whole new spin on it because obviously yeah. you're letting him 
do stuff. Oh, that I don't care. Like, no, it's... not that. Not that. But it's just like he's 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 been in close proximity yeah. with someone you know. Yeah. Well, somebody who I know knows a, lo- oh, right, okay. a lot of my friends know. Yeah. Anyway, it was just a bit of a revelation for yeah. me, and I don't know how I'm going to look him in the eyes anymore. Mm. Hopefully, he doesn't listen. If he does, you're about to have that conversation. <laughs> Pretend that you haven't listened to my podcast, please, if you're listening. Yeah. But does it? But does he do a good job professionally? Oh God, yeah. He's yeah, very, well, very professional, and he's like very knowledgeable, and he he like properly makes me feel better so i'm like i I said to gary i'm like you need to go because his back is fucked absolutely fucked as i sit here mine's is just killing me and it's just like pain every single day that's just getting worse yeah but i just can't i know that you like to hear things cracking and stuff like that but i just can't even think about that because it will make me cry it's different when it's happening to you i think than hearing it but i just um, i can't hear the noises it's because it's happening to you uh-huh. i don't think you focus on the noise i know i mean i know it will help but yeah oh, i just don't yeah so yeah that'll be something probably i'll speak about in the future of the podcast Good. i can't when wait. i eventually pick up the courage to make an appointment but i will because i'll have to yes it's ridiculous i've had an underlying pelvis for over 10 years <laughs> it's not getting any better yeah i feel like it's time you should deal with that mm-hmm. so this week we're doing murderers who strike again yes as a topic and this was suggested by one of our lovely listeners and murder twins, Kirsty. Which, hello. I still not listened to the episode. Oh, have you not? No. Okay, so in the episode, one of our episodes that went out, you were like, oh yeah, she's Scottish. I'm like, are you sure she's Scottish? And you were uh-huh. like, she is absolutely Scottish. She is though. She's not. She, she lives in you. England. Is she? Yeah. Oh, is that what she said? I thought she said she was. No, one of her, her like grandfather or something was. Oh, but she's English. Yeah. Oh, oh well. <laughs> anyway, the whole point of that is Holly was right. You were wrong. Oh, well. Yeah. I thought I was still right. I just, I was, <laughs> I was reading like, through the mess. She's going, yeah, what? I know. I just seen her saying something about Scotland and the Scotland flags and just presumed I was right. But obviously no. <laughs> I wasn't able to read or I haven't even listened back to the episode yet. I'm, I'm so behind in listening to her episodes. But I got a bit behind in all podcasts. Oh, did you know? I'm During fully caught up. Festive period, I didn't really listen to much. All right. But I bought myself the sexted book. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, so I was, it's like I was, I was thinking, I dropped a few hints and I thought, right, I'll leave it because I don't know if I'm going to get it. It's part of Christmas, but yeah. I didn't. That was fine. And then I went to I went to buy it and it was on sale on the Amazon uh, okay. sale. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I bought it. I've not even looked at that yet either. Oh my god! For <laughs> but can reference... I just say we've recommended so many people to that podcast who yeah, are listening and loving it. Their successes William, down William to us. William Jordan. Yeah, they, are their successes down to us? I'm mm. just gonna put it out there because people who don't know what you're talking about will think that you bought a sex book. Oh no, no, yeah, that's true. It's called Help I Sexed My Boss, and it's like a top-rated podcast. Yeah, it's my favorite podcast. It's awesome, and they have brought out the first book, and I've heard it's very good, but I've not let, I've not read it yet, and okay. I will get around to reading it. But I absolutely love it. And they they had a few weeks off over the festive period. Yeah, and I've not listened to the episode that dropped yesterday. Yeah, so it's good. I, I need to listen one. to it. Do you listen to it straight away now? Yeah, like, yeah. I always out? do with all my podcasts. Oh, I love, I love, uh, it's my favourite. I love it. So anyway. I was going, I was just going to oh, interject sorry. one more thing. Mm-hmm. So I was invited to go to Hamilton mm-hmm. in th- this year. It's not the new year anymore. So not the police, but the... The theatre show. The theatre show. Yes, there's a place called that as well. There is, Mm -hmm. yes, which I was confused about when I was asked to go there. And I was like, why are we going to Hamilton? Mm -hmm. And they're like, 
because it's a good show. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yes. So I watched it for the first time on mm-hmm. Netflix or Disney mm-hmm. or wherever the hell I watch it. And oh my God, it is so good. I'm not, I've not, I've never seen it. I should watch it as well because I, I, I do like it all that. It is so good. I've watched it? it about eight times now. So it's on Netflix? It's on Disney. Okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll have a go anyway, watching it. recommend it. Again, I am so far behind the times. I know it came out in 2015. So <laughs> But <laughs> listen, I get to things eventually. Yes. And that's the most important thing you get to in your own good time. I do. I will watch it. That's a recommendation this week. Hamilton. Hamilton. Which probably the whole world has seen. Just, yeah, it's just we're the last two. people on earth. It's, it's as to in the whole world that's not seen it. Yeah. Yes. Disney's so good for stuff, though. I love Disney, yeah. Are you up to date with Welcome to Nexum? No. I'm not. You've not done season two? No, because we... Oh. Have you done season one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have we done season two? Oh, maybe I have done season two. They won five Creative Arts Emmys the other night. I know. I heard. I'm so happy. So proud of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, they've done good. And that football team is doing so well. I know. I said to Gary, I'm like, are they in the Premier League yet? And he's like, are you uh, stupid? What? <laughs> no, that's a long way away. He's like, but there's like have, six leagues uh, in between. They've just, got out, they've just got into the National League after 50 years. So, But they have gone into the, their new league and they're currently second or third. Good doing for them. really, really well. Good for them. So it looks like if they continue, they'll go up again, which good. is awesome. And that's what they want they won't continued going yeah, up growth yeah, then yeah. they'll eventually get to the premier league if that's the case <laughs> i thought that's where they were and he's like no <laughs> but i love it because i love the story i love the community yeah. i love everything that's happened and i love the people that have bought it which is yeah. amazing but they've got so many things right as well like yeah. they've got good person running the club a good mm-hmm. director and, and the guy that's running that and they've got a really good manager and they've happened to source really good players for the division that they're in which is going really well i think because they are also on the Netflix show. I think there's a lot of accountability. Mm-hmm. So they have to make sure that they're doing it right mm-hmm. because they'll look like complete arseholes mm-hmm. to the world now if they don't. And there's, there's a few football things that I've watched that have been on telly like that, like documentaries yeah. that have not done so well. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've they've got it right from the ground up, I think. So yeah, good have. luck to them. And yeah. I, I keep following the restory because I love it. Yeah. So I'm going first you are. this week and I'm going to talk about John Straffen. John was born on the 27th of February 1930 in Hampshire in England. He was a soldier in the British Army and he was actually born at one of the army bases in Hampshire because his father was also serving in the army. He was born here, but... No, no, sorry, his father was posted abroad and and the family spent six years in India. Mm -hmm. He was born here and then they returned to the United Kingdom in March of 1938 where his father took um, discharge from the army. And the family settled in Bath or Bath. Bath. We say Bath, but they say Bath, Bath. don't they? In Somerset, which is a lovely part of the world. John, age seven, though, John was referred to a child guidance clinic for stealing and truancy. When he was nine, he came before a juvenile court for stealing a purse from a girl and he was given two years probation. His probation officer found, though, that he did not understand the difference between right and wrong or the meaning of probation. When he was nine. I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. His family was living in crowding lodgings at the time and his mother had no time to help. So the probation officer took John to see a psychiatrist. As a result, John was certified as a, as a mental defective under the Mental Deficiency Act 1927. And a report on John in 1940. So in 1940 was what? 10. Mm-hmm. Assessed his IQ as 58 and placed his mental age at the age of six. Oh, wow. Okay. That's quite 
a few years back from yeah, his age, yeah. yeah. The council, when he was 10, sent him to a residential school for mentally defective children. Wow. God, they were harsh. Yeah. Two years later, he moved to a senior school and he was observed as a boy who took correction very badly. Right. Age 14, he was suspected of strangling two geese. Age 16, the school authorities undertook a review which found his IQ was 64 and his mental age was nine years and six months. Wow. That's when he was... Hang on. He was 16 at this point? Oh, my God. So that's quite a difference. That is, yeah. So the gap there is widened from what it was when he first got his first IQ test. Yeah, it seems like he hasn't really progressed much. So... He settled in Bath and he found some sort of several jobs when he left school at 16. Yep. And he found a, his most consistent job was as a, a machinist in a clothing factory. Mm-hmm. At 17, he strangled five chickens belonging to the father of a girl whom he'd had a row with. What? Why and does he, he not a, like poultry? <laughs> I don't know, but this is, I mean, these are not good signs when you're, you're obviously doing that to animals. No. As we know, that's not good signs. No, it's never good Because that doesn't lead to... That leads to serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, when arrested, he was also under suspicion for burglary. And in his police interview, when he was 17, he confessed to burglaring and many other incidents to which he'd not been connected to. Okay, so he's just like... So he's really not understanding. Guess what I've done? He was remanded in custody and he was certified as intellectually disabled. He was sectioned and committed to a colony in Bristol under the Mental Deficiency Act again. Okay. It was an open colony which specialised in training mentally disabled people, mostly mentally disabled offenders. Mm-hmm. John had been under investigation for burglary and it was certified that he was not of violent or dangerous nature. Mm-hmm. He was well behaved in the colony and he was isolated from other inmates. As a result, in 1949, he was transferred to a lower security agricultural colony mm-hmm. he did well there initially but fell back into his own ways shortly after when he started stealing things right. he then got into trouble and went home without leave and when police tried to recapture him he resisted okay in 1951 when he was 21 he was examined again at hospital where readings showed that he'd suffered quite a lot of damage wide and severe damage to his cerebral cortex, mm-hmm. which was from an attack of a disease in India when he was six. Right. The disease was called encephal- encephalitis. Encephalitis. I've never heard of that before. It's chicken pox on the oh, brain. Is it? All right, yeah. okay. Which would be quite significant, you'd imagine. Yeah. He was, at this point in his life, considered to be sufficiently rehabilitated to be allowed a period of unescorted home leave. Mm-hmm. He used the time like that to gain a job as a market gardener, which he was allowed to keep. When his 21st birthday came and went, he was reassessed and his mental capacity had improved to the age of 10, Okay, which is good. Shortly afterwards, he visited a cinema unaccompanied. He took, it took him past an area of Bath where a five-year-old girl was living with her foster parents. Mm-hmm. John saw the five-year-old girl in her garden gathering flowers and offered to show her a better place. He lifted her over the fence. She fell and hit her head in a stone when, when she became unconscious and he strangled her at that point. Right. He did not make any attempt to hide the body and simply continued to the cinema to watch a film and went home. 
Mm-hmm. So the severity of things clearly isn't registering with him. Yeah. Um, and he's still, he's still, his mental capacity is a very young age. However, at 10, you would still know right from wrong. Oh, you would? I have a 10-year-old and absolutely, I, I know he would know right from but wrong. But would you know the long-term consequences? Mm, yeah, I think you would. Okay. Bath police previously suspected John was violent. However, he was considered a suspect in this murder and interviewed by police. The police visited his employers to check in his movements. This resulted in him being sacked from his job. In a later interview with a prison psychiatrist, he said he knew he was under suspicion, but he wanted to annoy the police because he hated them for what they'd done to him. Right. When there's no ownership being taken there and the police really haven't... The police have had a part to play because of what he's did. Yeah. They've not had... I don't, I don't understand that, but anyway, he's obviously not... His mental capacity is seriously lacking. He went to the cinema again when he was a bit older and he met a nine-year-old girl who he got on a bus with and took her to the outskirts of Bath mm-hmm. and he also murdered her by strangulation. The circumstances of the crime left many witnesses who'd seen John with the girl and he had no chance of getting out of this one. Yeah. He was... Arrested again, so the two girls were within a short space of time. He made a statement admitting he killed them both, and he was charged with murder and remanded in custody. Right. His court case, the jury formally convicted him as insane and unfit to plead. He was transferred to Broadmoor, and we all know Broadmoor is not a holiday camp. It is really not. And he had originally been termed, that had been originally been termed at the time in the 50s of a criminal lunatic asylum. Mm-hmm. He'd been transferred there and he was given a job as a cleaner. When in Broadmoor in 1952, he managed to climb a 10-foot fence, climbing onto the roof of a shed where he worked, wearing civilian clothes under his work clothes, Mm -hmm. and he got out of Broadmoor and killed again. He killed another five-year-old who was riding a bicycle. Her body was found the next morning, and police questioned him before the news reached mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And he replied, I did not kill her. Before he was even asked if he did. Wow. Um, he was then charged with her murder and sent again back to prison, but this time he went to Brixton. Okay. Sirens to warn of any escape were actually up and running in Broadmoor because of what happened. Yeah. And when his murder trial came round, he pleaded not guilty and the defence opted to leave the question of his sanity as an issue to be determined by the jury. Mm-hmm. At the request of his prosecution, the judge ruled that the evidence about the prior murders in Bath would be admissible. Yep. So even though this was a trial about the, the latest young girl mm-hmm. that we still allowed to talk about the past. Good, they should be. Prosecution was then called, pre- um, me- prison medical officers and psychiatrists were called to give evidence as well. And after retiring for just under an hour, the jury returned with a verdict of guilty, mm-hmm. which implicitly declared John sane and he was sentenced to death. He appealed this, the appeal was dismissed and he was refused leave to appeal again from the House of Lords. His final appeal led to a reprieve when he was given a life sentence and he was moved to HM Prison in Durham. Okay. He was placed in the top security wing and was joined by Ian Brady oh, in the same wing. Gross. Ian Brady, if you don't know, was the, Moors, the fame, infamous Moors murderer. Yeah. Um, who was around about the same time. For most of the time that John was in prison, the Home Secretary had to agree to the release of any life sentence prisoner and no occupant of the office was ever willing to let John out. So it wasn't ever on the cards. Yeah. In 2001, with the 50th anniversary of his imprisonment approaching, his solicitors called for his case to be reopened on the grounds that he'd not been fit to stand trial. 
However, his application to the Criminal Cases Review Commission was turned down. And he died in HM Prison Franklin in County Durham mm-hmm. on the 19th of November 2007 at the age of 77. He'd been in prison at that time and that was a British record at that time of 55 years, 3 months and 26 days. That was a record in 2007. Whether that still stands, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And that all came from Wikipedia. Very good job. Thank you. So how have you found this year so far? So it's January. It is. And in January, I'm not usually the most productive of people. And I'm <laughs> no. quite well known for procrastinating quite a lot and not getting a lot done. Yes, at like the hips of 10 years not being fixed, one of them. Yes, exactly. So I'm quite good for procrastinating and not doing much. However, mm. I've tried something new this January and... I've found it's quite good because we have been sponsored by the lovely people at Magic Mind. We have. They are lovely, lovely people and have provided us with some drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's a little shop, which is green, and it's full of goodness. It is. How have you found it? Really good. Me too. I've found that I've not, I've been much clearer with my decision making uh-huh. and I've been more productive and I've got shit done. Yes, you have. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, the fact that you even contacted a chiropractor, I'm putting it down to magic mind. <laughs> I noticed within a couple of days, though, everything was a lot sharper. Uh-huh. And I was like, stuff that I've been, been had around the house, I've been putting off for ages, like, oh, I'll finally get around to it. I was actually doing it. Very good. Which was good. Very good. Yeah. I mean, I've taken on a lot this year. You have. And... It's it's helped because I had to do a lot of stuff for some uni courses that I'm doing and the reading alone was really difficult because one of the one of the topics which I'm not going to mention because I don't want people to find out where I am mm-hmm. but one of the topics is really mind bending like you have to really really wrap your head around a lot of different theories around the same methodology of study and and all of this stuff and I was like I was able to comprehend it, which I didn't think I was going to be able to. And yeah, it's really helped with like keeping on track for that and just sticking to it and getting all my notes done and everything like that that I needed to do. Good. Yeah. Um, it, it contains matcha, yeah. which is obviously a chemical that's like way less than, ca- than caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have the benefits of the caffeine without the caffeine, so to speak. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interested me that it has in it is called ashwag, ashwagandha, uh-huh. which is well known for reducing stress and anxiety. And I did not know this before that. Yeah. I'd never heard of this and I'd never even looked at it. Yeah. And that is a big tick in the box for me because that's something that I struggle with massively and I have noticed an improvement in also. Yeah, definitely. And I've I made Gary try it and he was like, Good. I had to fight him for the last bottles. <gasps> He, he was like, are you sure you need them? I'm like, yes, I need them. I need to use it as well. He was like, he wants more of it. Like, he's just, he's obsessed with it. He thinks it's great. Oh, good. And the lovely people at Magic Mind have given us a discount code. Yep. So if you go on, if our lovely witchers go on to www.magicmind.com and you type in slash Jan in capitals and murderer after that. Mm-hmm. And you can stick in the code murderer20. Where you'll get one month for free when you subscribe for three months. Yep. And in January as well, you're getting an extra 20% off, which is giving you a total of 75% off to try the lovely little shop products. And hopefully, like us, you'll find an improvement. And I've always found that anything green is good. 
Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> I actually, do you know what? Yesterday for lunch, I ate a bowl of Brussels sprouts. Right, that's no, I'm not agreeing with that. I mean, no. I had bacon and stuff. I don't like it. Brussels sprouts. Oh, okay. Well, you're weird. But yeah. But this green stuff I like, and I've found it's very much improved a few things in my life. So do you know what? A win's a win, if I, as I see. Yeah, a win's a win. And if that code is no longer working, if the promotion is over, just go give it a try anyway. Honestly, like it won't hurt and you can, you know, maybe get some benefits out of it. Why not? Why not? Okay, we are back and I am now going to talk about murderers, a specific murderer who murdered again. And this story may make you angry because it made me very angry. We don't like being angry. We don't, but you know, it happened. Kenneth Allen McDuff was born on the 21st of March, 1946 in Rosebud, which is a town in central Texas, along with his twin brother, Lonnie. Okay. They had four older siblings, and their father ran a successful concrete business during the construction boom of the 1960s. So they were doing pretty darn good. At Rosebud High School, Kenneth was kind of a bully. He had a really bad reputation and picked on smaller, weaker students. He eventually quit school and began working for his father in manual labor in concrete, as it were. <laughs> In 1964, at the age of 18, Kenneth was convicted of 12 counts of burglary and attempted burglary. My goodness. And that was across three... He gave it a really good goal. He did. That was across three Texas counties. Wow. So, yeah, he did did a lot of of stealing stuff. So he was sentenced to 12 four-year prison terms to be served concurrently. He was paroled in December 1965, so he didn't really serve that long, to be fair. Oh, my goodness. And on the 6th of August, 1966, Kenneth and Roy Dale Green spent the day together pouring concrete for Kenneth's father. And then they drove around looking for a girl for Kenneth. Okay. As you do. Around 10 p.m. that night, Robert Brand, who was 17, his girlfriend, who was 16-year-old Edna Louise Sullivan, and Robert's 15-year-old cousin, Mark Dunman, were all standing around their car on a baseball field in Everman, Texas. Robert stopped a little ways away from them and threatened the three kids. I'm going to call them kids because they were just teenagers with his 38 caliber revolver. And he ordered them to get into the trunk of their own car. Okay. He then drove their car with Roy following behind in another car to a location a bit further away in another field. Okay. Not a baseball field this time. It was like a field field. A crop field kind of field and they took edna out of her car and put her in the trunk of their car and then robert fired six shots into the trunk of the other car which was shut with the boys in it and told roy to wipe the fingerprints off of the car so he didn't want to leave any witnesses no evidence roy and robert then drove to a third location where they both raped edna before Robert strangled her to death with a broom handle, before oh. dumping her body in some bushes. Robert buried the gun and washed his car. Roy confessed what he had happened to his friend's parents, where they were washing their car at a friend's house, and he ended up, like, I don't think he had pl- <laughs> He was definitely not... I don't think that it had ever been his plan to murder anyone, and 
you know, mm-hmm. he did he did rape this girl. Yeah. But I don't think murder was in his plans. Anyway, he yeah. ended up confessing to his friend's parents. And then his friend's parents told his mother, who then told him to turn himself in, which is good on her for doing that. So he did. He turned himself in and Robert was arrested and eventually sentenced to death. Oh, Roy received a 25-year sentence because he had testified, obviously, and had not pulled the trigger or done the strangling, and he was released in 1979 after 13 years. Robert's sentence of death was eventually commuted to life in prison. Mm-hmm. He was given an additional two years for trying to bribe a parole board official, oh. but despite all of this, he was released in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jeez, Louise. I know. So this is where you start getting angry. After being released, Robert got a job at a gas station and took classes at a technical college in Waco, in Texas. Okay. It is believed that within three days of his release, Robert started killing again. Oh, I don't... This is going to make me so mad. Yep. The body of 29-year-old Serafina Parker was (gasps) discovered on 14th of October, 1989, Mm. in an area 48 miles south of Waco. She had been beaten, strangled, and dumped in a field. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He wasn't charged with the murder, but did go to prison again on a parole violation for making death threats. He shouldn't have got out in the first place. I know. Oh, so maddening. So he, he went back to prison for parole violations, but then was again released on December 18th, 1990. Almost a year later, in October of 1991, Robert picked up a sex worker oh named Brenda Thompson. Yep. And promptly tied her up in his truck. How is he getting these opportunities over and over again? Some people just do. It's ridiculous. I know. So this girl, this sex worker is tied up in his truck, in the cab of his truck. They come across a totally unrelated police checkpoint. And she must have been thinking like, holy shit, this is my chance. Yep. He stopped about 50 feet away and the police were like, well, that's weird. And they started approaching his truck. And then Brenda, the sex Mm. worker, started kicking at the windscreen and she cracked it. And Robert freaked out, obviously, because he's like, shit, like, these are police. Uh And he drove at the officers. He almost hit them and eventually, like, got through the roadblock and got away. So they didn't chase him? Nope. Oh, my God. And he parked into a wooded area and tortured Brenda to death for what she... That is unbelievable. Yep. And her body wasn't found for eight years. After that. Eight? Eight years. Oh my God. I know. So five days after that murder, Robert tied up 17-year-old Regina Deanne Moore and murdered her. She was a vulnerable, very young sex worker. It is also believed he murdered 23-year-old Cynthia Renee Gonzalez, Robert, and another man named Alva Hank Worley? Worley? Murdered Colleen Reed on December 29th, 1991, after kidnapping and torturing her. Oh. Uh, on February 24th, 1992, my birthday. Just saying. Another birthday one. Another birthday. <laughs> Robert murdered sex worker Valencia Joshua. And shortly after, he killed 22-year-old Melissa Northrup, who was pregnant at the time of her murder. This time, witnesses oh. reported seeing Robert in the area of the shop she was working in and where she had been abducted from. Police learned that Robert was selling drugs and had a firearm, so a warrant was issued for his arrest. 
While trying to find him, police brought Alva in as someone who knew Robert, like just as like a, like a, you know, this guy, where is he? Like, do you know where he is? And Alva then admitted to being involved in the kidnapping of Colleen and was held in jail at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Robert, they were obviously like, okay, we need to find this guy because he is killing people. And Robert was now living in Kansas City, Missouri, under the name of Richard Fowler. God, he's got a bloody cheek, hasn't he? He does. And working for a refuse company. On May 1st, 1992, one of his co-workers recognized Robert from America's Most Wanted on the TV show and called the police. He was arrested on three days later on the 4th of May, 1992. Good. Finally, again, Robert was indicted on one count of capital murder for Melissa Northrup, the one who had been pregnant. He was found guilty and sentenced to death, and he died by lethal injection on November 17th, 1998. Deserved. He had been killing for 27 years. Oh, my God. And they could have just... That could have been so prevented. All these could have been prevented. Yeah. I got this from Wikipedia. It's like he never just got it once, did it again? He got it multiple times and done it again. Multiple times. Yeah. How how was that allowed? I I just, uh, the first ones, a lot of it was, they didn't piece it together because he was doing it across county lines, different like jurisdictions, different law enforcement. And back, you know, in the day that that probably posed a bit of an issue. But yeah, like he should have never been let out of prison. He was high risk, high, high risk. The nature of his crimes made him high risk. Like, he should have never been let out. So disappointed. I I really get disappointed when you hear things like that. I know. You get so mad and so disappointed that that's allowed to happen, not just once, but over and over again. It's just, like, there's so many people's lives could have been saved. I know. And it's just tragic for everyone concerned. It really is. Okay, we're back. We are back, and I'm just trying to keep a lid on... Not getting too mad at the American justice system. Yeah. It's not even American. Well, I mean, it is. But well, it is in this story. It but is I know it's not because we, we're just as bad. Yeah. If not worse in some ways. At least America will put people away for hundreds of years. <sighs> I just, it just really makes me mad because it's like, it's such a fine line between people doing time for what they did mm-hmm. and then getting parole because people do deserve a second chance, especially if. It's truly believed that they've rehabilitated themselves. I don't know. If you're raping and torturing women, I don't feel like it's something you can rehabilitate from. I know. And it's like, how do you know that that's still not in a person? It's different if you're shooting somebody once in a fit of passion. Like that, you can quite easily never do again. Yeah. But if you're raping and murdering people, that's in your nature. Yeah. And it's like, how can you get better? From that, like, how can you change? I don't think like, you can. It's a personality trait, no, isn't it? I know, and it's and how then then it's on the people that make the decision to think, oh, you're you're fine, you've you've rehabilitated yourself, you're a different person, you're not going to do it again. Then they get out and do it again. Like I'm yeah. sorry, but that's someone's job to make that correct decision. I know, I know. And it's like if that if they're getting that wrong time and time again, surely you, you have to they have to be held accountable for that. I would say so. I mean, I'm not saying it's an easy call. It's a tough call. But at the end of the day, the proof is if that person's getting back out and doing it again, then. Yeah. I think that those parole board members. Surely the parole board members would would, would not be the same ones as they were before. No, I I think it's different every time. I don't think it can be the same one, but I might be wrong on that. I don't know. But I don't. 
I, I don't know how they feel about it, but I would imagine that that would have probably made them feel pretty bad about themselves when they found that out. I would out. think I'm in the wrong job, clearly. Nobody would get out if it was you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, I, I, just, I just hate it. I just think there's so many things in this world, so many terrible things that have happened that could have been prevented. I think if and somebody... I know hindsight's a great thing, but... Oh, yeah, mm. I know. But I, if somebody's in prison for murder and rape, if they want to be paroled, I think it should be, well, if you want out, you get castrated. Mm. And Fair we'll enough. see how it goes. And you'll be yep. monitored for the next 10 years, highly monitored. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. That's probably not, like, ethical. But uh-huh. that's how I feel. Yeah. I know it's a fair point. It's a, it's a very good point to raise because it's something interesting to think about. Um, but unfortunately, we still live in a world where preventative measures aren't enough. Yeah. And on that note, who are we going to pick? I don't think I'm going to pick mine. What about you? I don't want to pick mine. Because he was torturing and raping these yeah, girls. Yeah, and then this was involving like young girls and stuff, strangulation. But well, it was over quickly. That's what I'm thinking because he was strangling. Well, the first little girl fell and hit her head and was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. So then he strangled her. So that wouldn't have been hopefully not too traumatic for her. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, this is the thing. It's just... This guy was severely traumatized mentally. Yeah. But you can't, I mean, you can't have sympathy for him because he was still old enough to know what was right and wrong. There was something that just never registered for him, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I agree with the fact that he should have never been allowed back out. Um, I don't think he should have been put to death. Mm. I think if there's mental defect in any way, you should never, you should err on the side of caution and mm. just keep them alive and mm-hmm. try and treat that issue while they are never let out again to reoffend. Yeah. And he wasn't let out, he escaped, so he unfortunately yeah, yeah. much again. So I think, I, I wonder if I should, I, I, might, I might just pick mine because yours is like... I'm picking yours because I can't is, with the This torture. is young children, which is not ideal, but the first one obviously was, was not aware. Yeah. And the rest were overly quick. Yeah. But yours was like adult women who were being tortured yeah. and the fact like the poor woman who saw the police approaching yeah. the vehicle and oh she's like smashed the windscreen and everything she's like i'm getting that, out you would definitely get you definitely that's it they're gonna like yeah pay me to be at some attention now and that'd be it all over yeah and they saw it oh but then he went at the cops almost killed them and got away it's horrific yeah so yeah i'll pick mine on that yeah. basis we're gonna agree and it's the end of recording 404 Woohoo, we're still alive. And do you know what? That shot fucking helped me because I haven't been stumbling over my last episode. You've been doing your magic mind shots. Yeah. Our lovely sponsor throughout. Yeah. I'm finished all of mine. (laughs) So you've you've finished this is just you finishing yours. Yeah, I've got two left. And I'm you've gonna... not, fa- you, you clearly, it, it's evident to your listeners that you've not fell apart as much as you usually do. I know, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's an advert in itself. There you go. There, there's <laughs> your proof. I can see her and she does not look like she usually looks by the no, end of the <laughs> don't do it. I'm usually like She's slumped. still got colour in her cheeks and yeah. a spring in her step. Yeah. <laughs> so that is us done for another week. We will be back next week. We will. Come and say hi whenever you feel you want to on all our socials and our chat group and our website. And email us if you want, chat yeah. about anything. We're always around. We are. And we'll see you next time. We will. Bye-bye. Bye. Witch Murderer is hosted by Spreaker 
and is recorded in a secret location in Scotland. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, email us at whichmurderer at gmail.com or visit our website at whichmurderer.com. We are also on Instagram, Reddit and Twitter. Just look for the at whichmurderer account or hashtag. You can join the debate on our Facebook page and group interacting with other listeners or the Witch Murderer team. Our theme music is Kill Me Again by Blue Bend. Our artwork was produced by Wild Creations at Fiverr.com. <laughs>